Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hang on. Hurry up, Barbara. Hold on, I gotta wait for the screen to come back. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to our second time doing a simulcast over Political Straight Talk and Ragtag Patriots. My name is Fabian, and on uh, Political Straight Talk, I'm known as the Political Superman. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I do apologize, but I thought today was Tuesday, so we're doing Tuesday on Monday. It's kind of like breakfast for dinner. As I said last week, we're going to talk about the deep state. We've brought someone from the left coast to talk to us about the deep state. He, uh, if anybody, would have a good background because he is a or was a financial analyst, financial journalist, currently is a CEO of an Internet service provider in the Bay Area in California. And as you know, those are two ways that the deep state uh, gets you. So we're not going to interrupt him tonight. We're going to kind of give him the floor. His name's Alex Hagan. He has graciously come and decided to speak with us. If you want, as he's speaking, jot down questions. And if there's time at the end, we will let you ask your questions. If not, we'll see if he wants to come back and do a Q&A. So without further ado, Alex, it's all yours. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Fabian. Um, well, if, if the question is, what is the deep state and how is it affecting us, I guess? And um, officially, the deep state uh, was originally labeled about Turkey, and it was basically the intelligence agencies in Turkey in conjunction with organized crime. Um, and they had a group, uh, the most uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, CIA-sounding group, or uh, however you would describe it, was called the Gray Wolves. And so Turkey had a big uh, conflict with their minority Kurdish population, and the Gray Wolves uh, uh, basically uh, uh, operated as ultra-nationalists uh, uh, to make sure that the, uh, the Kurdish uh, resistance was crushed. Um, and then there was this uh, whole issue about Operation Gladio, uh, which would be how the U.S. intersects the Turkish deep state, which is basically the United States after World War II left arms caches all over Europe and organized uh, nationalist resistors uh, in case the communists attacked into uh, Western Europe. But uh, as people who study Gladio, G-L-A-D-I-O, uh, we'll find out a lot of uh, terrible things occurred, uh, such as uh, uh, the uh, operatives. Basically, the CIA would would advocate uh, uh, for occasionally conducting bombings, uh, bombing of a rail station, uh, bombing of a bus station in Italy, uh, to uh, to be able to get the uh, people they wanted in power. Uh, to win. Uh, and so we, we know there's some evidence that in Operation Gladio, uh, civilians were killed, 
uh, and it kind of got out of hand. You could, uh, and and you know I've talked to several people in the CIA or following the CIA, and you know the problem is compartmentalization. So um, the right hand may not know what the left hand is doing. So here in the U.S., of course, there's an excellent um, series on YouTube called Counterintelligence, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a movie, but that's the best way to access it if they don't take it down, because lately a lot of things have been getting taken down, and it really goes over the whole history of the, of the CIA in the United States. So, you know, when we start, we, we're going to talk about uh, unaccountable government. Um, uh, and, and the CIA is the simplest way to describe that. But obviously, it's an intersection of a lot of different interests. Uh, and then there's a the question of, um, is this one group, like a lot of people traced it back to Skull and Bones at Yale. Uh, uh, you know, we know for a fact that if you join Skull and Bones, you have to do something compromising, at least up until 10 years ago. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's still true. Uh, so uh, you have to break a law or do something. Uh, and then also, you are guaranteed that you will never be in the financial need, that the, that the Skull and Bone Society will take care of you if you fall into any financial problems. So, uh, so it's, uh, and, and, of course, Bush and Kerry were both in Skull and Bones, which made a kind of surreal 2004 election and uh, a reporter asked uh, John Kerry about the Skull and Bones. I think it might have been Bill Moyer, and he said, uh, or maybe it was um, the fellow who died on MSNBC who was the uh, uh, heavy set guy. Uh, I, th I think that's who it was. But anyway, Kerry said, I, I, uh, I wish there was something I could manifest, but it's a secret. So, uh, uh, so you know, in the United States, uh, uh, what, you know, what happened after World War II, we had all these military bases all over the world. We had a Cold War, and it created a new set of rules. And in that new set of rules, uh, pretty much anything goes uh, uh, to justify defeating communism. Um, and uh, uh, where does it become, you know, really concerning for people? And uh, you know, Eisenhower had his famous speech where he said, uh, "Be careful of the military-industrial complex and intersection of industry and military." Uh, and uh, and that's really where it's, it it gets really interesting. Obviously, is when Eisenhower uh, leaves office and uh, and Kennedy comes into office, uh, because uh, uh, you know most people who study the Kennedy assassination uh, think there were uh, you know uh, governmental operatives involved, probably the CIA and the reason, uh, as well as uh, organized crime. Um, so the you know the first uh, big uh, and 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 the main thought about Kennedy was that. He, he was going to end the Vietnam War, um, and 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 this is something that just keeps producing more and more mysteries. Like there was a a famous socialite who was murdered in Washington three months after his death, who's, who have rumored to have um, brought him LSD. She was a a, a friend of Timothy Leary's, and uh, and she thought this would make him realize the Cold War was an illusion and end it all. Um, but there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just discovered that she was a wife of McCord. And uh, so it's just a, a, the 60s are an amazing period, and we have a lot of information. Then we have, you know, Bobby Kennedy, who was assassinated. And um, there was a famous actor who said that uh, it was actually um, 
uh, Aristotle Onassis had confessed to him he'd ordered it, which which I just can't believe. Um, but we know now that there was more than one uh, gunman because they replayed the, the, the clips. You you folks can go, uh, you know, look this up. Uh, so it wasn't just Sirhan, Sirhan. And uh, and we're talking about uh, money and power. Uh, so so the the uh, uh, then the the phrase deep state. Uh, so, so we had a period of a lot of dirty tricks going on, particularly from the time of uh, Kennedy's killing up until Watergate. And then after Watergate, we had the first big cleanup and reform of the intelligence agencies under Frank, uh, with the church committee. And we've never had anything like that again. The a very idea of a church committee really forming again is almost unthinkable uh, in the present political climate. A real re, uh, So like what we saw with the, the vote with Russia, we had a vote with Russia uh, to sanction Russia, 419 to 3, and I've gone through the uh, Russia hacking evidence fairly carefully, um, and I have not been able to find any. And uh, uh, one good thing to do is to Google Ars Technica, which is a respectable computer uh, website that uh, people go to constantly, one of the best in the world. And they you know, printed at the end of uh, last year that, uh, this was a, that there was no actual evidence. And... Uh, it's it's pretty astonishing that we could uh, create a policy and never show the American people the evidence, and that it could just become accepted uh, that Russia had interfered with our election, uh, and we aren't worthy of being given the actual evidence. Uh, but there are people on the other side who did get some evidence, and one of these guys is uh, called the forensicator. And the forensicator, people think, might be an FBI agent in California. Um, and he did some analysis on some forensics uh, that indicates that, as you folks may have heard, there was a group called Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, uh, VIPS, and a lot of former intelligence guys who are now uh, uh, dissidents. Uh, they're disgruntled, they're disaffected, others. Uh, and uh, so they put their name on a pa of important paper questioning the, the Russian hacking. So the only evidence we have is that it wasn't likely to be a Russian hacker, because at least the people who are trying to investigate this outside the system publish their research and their data. The people inside the system saying, oh, trust us, this was a, a Russian hack. Um, these people uh, will not divulge any data. I mean, it was un if you go back and look at the original report that was issued uh, uh, late December of 2016 or the first few days of January, most of it is three- or four-year-old statistics about Russia today on YouTube. Um, basically annoyed that uh, the Russian uh, television channel was doing, uh, was getting a lot of views. And, uh, uh, you know, I understand that the people might think that the Russian television channel is propaganda, but most of what it is, is American reporters who have been employed by them, like Ed Schultz, uh, Larry, uh, uh, Larry King, um, uh, some, uh, Lee Camp is a comedian, he's pretty funny, and... Uh, uh, and during the Libya war, the only place I could really get information to dispel all the lies that were coming out. And, and, and so this is the, the machine of disinformation, uh, the, the lie machine. And um, 
And I asked some uh, somebody uh, from the CIA before this interview what he thought sort of encapsulated all of this. And uh, he thought that it was the quote from William Casey. Bill Casey was the head of the CIA uh, with Reagan. Uh, where he, a lady named Barbara Henniger, who is still alive, was able to verify that he had stated this. He said that, I know that I will have succeeded in my job as CIA director when everything the American people believe is false. And that's an outrageous thing for somebody to say. So he actually, uh, so people went back, and Barbara Henniger, who worked for Reagan as well, said, I was there, I heard him say it. Uh, so she's on the record, uh, having witnessed that. And that goes back to Operation Mockingbird. Uh, so Operation Mockingbird was an attempt to influence the media. And, and so the problem is that the rules of the Cold War never broke down with the disillusion of the Soviet Union, because this is a highly amoral way of fighting. It's fighting very dirty. It's, it's telling lies so you can have wars, for example. Um, so like uh, here, you know, right now, why isn't the media covering Yemen? 80% of the children, according to UNICEF, in Yemen right now are, um, are malnourished or in need of medical attention. And, uh, uh, I mean, it's an absolute bloodbath over there. We're selling Saudi Arabia the arms, embargoing the place. Uh, so sometimes a big lie is just not informing people. Other times a big lie is like what happened in Libya, where we were told that Gaddafi was giving Viagra to his troops which turned out after we started bombing them and killing people to be false. We were told that he had used airplanes to strafe civilian protesters. After uh, it was too late to do anything about it, it came out that it was false. And this is, happens in, in all of our wars uh, uh, recently. In Vietnam, there was a Gulf of Tonkin. Later, it came out that this was a false flag attack. It's a fact. You can look it up in any uh, credible peer-reviewed site, and you'll see Gulf of Tonkin was uh, cooked intelligence. Obviously, Iraq was cooked intelligence. And uh, uh, so, so the, you know, the most important problem is that we don't have a functioning media anymore. Um, so coming to the, the late 80s, this is when the real deep state uh, officially began because uh, there was a something called continuity of government. In the event of a nuclear attack, uh, there was a, 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 a government was to be reconstituted, and uh, Dick Cheney was was heavily involved with this. And the odd thing about the people that were chosen to be the leaders in this COG program, continuity government program, they weren't necessarily elected leaders uh, because Cheney at the time held no office. So what was he doing? involved with this group so that and the guy who has uh, who really brought the name the deep state to the u.s is peter dale scott he was a canadian diplomat i think he was uh, uh worked as uh, ambassador to poland uh and he's a uh, professor i believe at uh, uc berkeley or retired uh and he was the one who did this study of the continuity of government operation so uh so really uh, the, 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 cons the concern we have is that uh, how does information get into the media? Who makes a decision to see the story in the New York Times? And, and this is Operation Mockingbird, was to cultivate reporters during the Cold War. So is this a continuation of Operation Mockingbird? 
And then, you know, who are the good guys on the right and left and who are the bad guys on the right and left? So, uh, uh, you know, or, or the people participating in the deep state. So we obviously have the Bushes and the Clintons. Uh, the Bushes go straight to Skull and Bones, and Bush Sr. was uh, director of the CIA. Uh, and uh, then with the Clintons, uh, they've amassed an enormous amount of power in this country. A lot of the conservative folks uh, are looking at their connection with George Soros. Uh, so understanding the whole uh, uh, system surrounding the Clintons, uh, but then ironically, you know, uh, Bill Clinton comes out and says that uh, he's a, an adopted son of Barbara Bush. Uh, you know, so uh, uh, he becomes very good friends with uh, with uh, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. Um, so, uh, and what most of the uh, so what happened recently in terms of disinformation to the American public, in my opinion, is the, the Russian hacking story. And um, the context I have say that it was Brennan who um, started uh, this campaign as soon as he found out the DNC leaks had been broken, um, and that he or uh, and, and he probably never told Clinton what he was doing or Obama to preserve plausible deniability. Uh, so this is uh, the the whole problem with the deep state is that like with the killing of Seth Rich, if he was assassinated. Uh, which I'm not saying he was or wasn't. Uh, there's a famous American journalist, Cy Hirsch. Cy Hirsch, uh, some uh, audio was leaked of Cy Hirsch stating that Seth Rich had been in touch with WikiLeaks, that he'd called a contact of his in the FBI. Um, and I think it was Ed Butowski who's, uh, 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 who uh, leaked this. And, and Cy Hirsch was furious that it was leaked and said, this is just rumors, it's just gossip, but on the audio tape, of Cy Hirsch is unmistakable. He's saying, I have somebody I know who can get things for me, very reliable, and they pulled the file on Seth Rich, and uh, he had been in touch with WikiLeaks. Cy Hirsch said Seth Rich was not killed by uh, an, an, a political, was his killing was a street crime. Uh, it's a bad neighborhood, and he was out late at night. Um, so uh, uh, that's what the police report was stating, but, you know, it's very uh, strange that the autopsy wasn't released on him or on Sean Lucas, the process server on the DNC lawsuit, who died of an overdose at his home of uh, fentanyl and kratome um, and one other substance. I uh, uh, can't remember what it is right now. Uh, but he had just a week before delivered a suit to the DNC. Uh, uh, so uh, the, the issue is that what we don't know until we can get more leaking, we don't know whether these people are operating as rogue agents. So by, by day, you're working in a super secret group of one of these intelligence agencies or one of the intelligence agencies who spawned in the military. Uh, and then at night, you do some vigilante work, and it's for the good cause. Uh, so that could be what some of these uh, things that are going on are happening, is that the people at the top don't want to know. They don't want to know, and we know this is the MO of the CIA, that... Uh, and the leadership is that when they go to train death squads in El Salvador in the 80s to fight communism, uh, they didn't say go and torture, uh, you know, uh, leftists and to slaughter villages. They brought them here and they taught them techniques and gave them tools and gave them arms. And they don't want to know. They just don't. So Reagan said, 
don't let Nicaragua go communist. He didn't say commit war crimes or atrocities, but that's what happens when you tell people these things. So, uh, so the, then the, you know the question about who runs the deep state uh, and and uh, uh, and uh, uh, can you is it a, a single conspiracy? Uh, uh, so the word has been used to describe uh, the government within the government, uh, uh, and um, uh, but now it's sort of being used to describe the whole ruling class in a way. Um, so uh, it's 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 sort of uh, uh, there's a lot of analysis that has to happen to sort out what these different actors are, you know. Uh, 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 so you you have global corporations. They don't really even care about the United States particularly. Or you have a company like Apple who has such a huge amount of money uh, and uh, power that uh, their first priority is to protect the privacy essentially of their foreign customers because it would uh, devastate their business if everyone in China and Europe stopped buying Apple products because the U.S. wanted back doors into all of them. So they follow their own interest. Sometimes it's for everyone's good, like in the case of Apple not putting back doors in their product. It's good because back doors that the, CIA, the, the government can get into can also be exploited by other governments and hackers. So you don't want weak software and weak hardware, period. Um, uh, the NSA can pretty much get into anything anyway without having to plant eavesdropping devices and in your 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 devices but i don't know if your listeners know this but i mean your phone can be in a matter of seconds converted to listen to you and and to uh to record you uh the same with your computer um how much has this happened you know i don't know how much this is happening i and the key problem here was j edgar hoover j edgar hoover controlled washington because he had a file on everyone Everyone was subject to his blackmail. Um, so the problem is you can't give that much power to the secret police effectively. Um, so, uh, so in terms of what the deep state is today, um, uh, I mean, essentially, uh, what we know is that there is, a, a, you know, we have perpetual warfare now. It's just like the book 1984. Uh, in the book 1984, there were three powers, and uh, Eurasia, East Asia, and Oceania. And Oceania is the U.S. and the U.K. and Australia. Uh, and, um, and one week you're at war with East Asia, and you've always been allied with Eurasia. And, uh, and, and you, you know, right now uh, we are uh, you know, gearing up for conflict with China and with Russia. And uh, there are some very... Uh, you know, reasonably conservative people like John Mearsheimer, who's considered the dean of the realist school, and he thinks it's crazy for us to be alienating Russia because it'll drive Russia straight into China's hands, and he sees China as a much bigger threat than Russia. So, but, uh, you know, we've got, uh, we, we're, and we're killing, you know, 100 to 1,000 people a day right now in a never-ending meat grinder, mainly in the Middle East, uh, that has basically targeted countries that had made Islamic discrimination illegal, Syria, Iraq under Hussein, Libya under Gaddafi, they were all actually not friendly to uh, religious extremists because they were socialists. Uh, so women, uh, they, they were the three countries with the best university systems, equal rights for women. 
just bizarre and tragic that our alliance with Saudi Arabia, so basically who do we ally with? We ally with monarchies. I mean, the most undemocratic group of people in the world. And, uh, uh, and, and um, you know, we know Saudi Arabia was involved in 9-11, at least by uh, some of the princes supplying money. Um, uh, they may not have known the exact details of what they were going to fund. Um, and there's a congressman from Florida uh, whose name I can't remember right now, who's, who's very concerned about making sure that, you know, we declassify those last pages. Uh, and there are a lot of people who seriously think that 9-11, uh, if not literally engineered by uh, people like the CIA, uh, at least uh, there seemed to be a general order to stand down. Now, and that's a you know, tricky problem because the Bushes were uh, oil men, and they said, you know, don't harass Saudis. So does that mean that they uh, were trying to lower security so that some kind of a attack would occur because of the project for a new American century? Um, or uh, was this simply preferential treatment for Saudis? It had an unintended consequence. Uh, and uh, so, so, you know, we're in a situation now that's quite scary. I mean, um, I'm, I didn't vote for Trump. I voted for Bernie Sanders, but I respect our democracy and I support our president because he was elected. Uh, and uh, it seems like an out, imagine, see what they're doing to Trump. Imagine what they would have done to Bernie Sanders. It's probably be even uh, another bizarre uh, story. I don't know what it would be exactly. So uh, we see, you know, Google is uh, uh, the, the, the hits that you get to alternative media at Google has been reduced by 30% in May. So Google's changed their search engine. Uh, YouTube is taking steps so that controversial videos can't be upvoted. But the only example I saw was in a pretty extreme example, a guy arguing that blacks are uh, not as intelligent as white. So the only example I saw was a pretty outrageous. Uh, he's a very sober, serious guy. I don't agree with him technically even. Uh, you know, he had said blacks didn't have writing or two-story buildings. Well, there was a great empire in Zimbabwe hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And uh, they had great, uh, in the West Africa, they had substantial empires that could have wiped out Europe if they'd crossed out the Sahara. So it's simply not fair to what this guy was saying, but the concept that you can keep a video up on YouTube but not allow it to be upvoted or commented on, how much is that going to get abused? And there's also, uh, so there's a crackdown going right now. There's a crackdown going on and the walls are coming down in different ways. And what you know, Winston Churchill said, the unfettered lights of uh, free expression are going out one by one. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, I don't have it all on the top of my head, all the disturbing things I've seen over the last four or five months. Uh, but uh, we have uh, a society right now that's uh, running on lies, um, and the lies are propagated by someone. We don't know. And that's, a, the, you know, then also there's some people think this whole race war that's being ginned up right now Maybe a distraction. Um, so you've got the you know the, the conservative leaning people who want their kids to be well educated and uh, and enjoy their country and have prosperity, and you got the left wing people who want the same thing, and then you pit them against each other, and they don't notice the guys that are actually running the whole thing, which use social issues 
to control the population, but maybe don't even really care that much about them. I don't know if uh, 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 you know the the the, uh, the right side of the ruling class cares uh, you know cares more about abortion or about uh, uh, school prayer than they than they care about power. Um, and um, so uh, so the the concern the reason I mentioned that is because. Uh, the FBI has a lot of informants. Uh, they have, a, in fact, over 95%. And everything I've said so far, you can verify. Uh, or I, I put in sidebars that I can't verify it. But over 95% of the so-called terrorist attacks that have occurred in the U.S. had uh, the FBI had basically armed the people. So, uh, And often they were taking advantage of mentally ill people. And the concern is that with the the right movement and the the what they call Antifa now, uh, which are kind of anarchists uh, who officially are against fascism, all you have to do is play. We got forty thousand FBI informants in these organizations now, so uh, it can be used as a political tool. And and so you know the question is. How does disinformation enter the system? Who is the one who sends a story to the New York Times? Why does the Washington Post then reprint it, even though it's, it can't be verified, which is a nice way of saying it's a lie? Um, and then CNN rolls with it, and uh, MSNBC rolls with it. Or back in the day, it was Fox rolling with it. Uh, you know, whoever's in power, they take turns. Um, but how does the only one side of the story get promoted? Why does it generally favor uh, warfare and favor reduction of our liberties, and uh, and I'm talking about things like your right to feel secure in your person, according to the Fourth Amendment. So just a few days ago, a law was passed, I think today even, um, eliminating your Fourth Amendment rights when you're near the uh, Washington uh, Metro, so they can enter houses without warrants, apparently, and everyone voted for it except five, uh, and and that's the crazy thing about some of these uh, these uh, votes you see is like there is no opposition to certain forms of tyranny. When you have 419 people voting uh, to declare sanctions on Russia without evidence and then uh, against three, uh, that wouldn't happen if we had direct democracy. If we all voted and we used our cell phones, it wouldn't be 419 to three. It would be 60-40 or something. But uh, uh, so that gets into the issue of how do people get selected into office. And, uh, you know, in the primary, every state that uh, the exit polls didn't match uh, the, um, the, the voting tallies, the states that had the least auditable voting machines had the biggest uh, delta, the biggest of deviation. So, uh, and there's a guy named Greg Pallast, uh, who is looking into this. Uh, he's been pretty critical of certain Republicans because of the strict voter laws. So, uh, But uh, there's another bipartisan issue, which is vote, voting machine rigging, uh, destroying of ballots, not counting ballots, tampering ballots. That's something that conservatives don't like either. Um, uh, the, uh, you know, the strict voting laws... That's, uh, I don't know if everyone in the country can ag agree that we should have universal registration, but there's lots of uh, funny business that hurts whoever you are. It's denying us our democracy. And uh, uh, so, and, and how else do you explain having a 419 to 3 
uh, vote on something that could put us into a nuclear war with Russia eventually, because sanctions are acts of war, and these sanctions uh, dealt with Russian oil in Europe. So it's the number one export of Russia, which has already had their economy contract by about 30% since we went into this highly hostile period with them around uh, some time around 2012. Obviously, it was the oil price, and that was a a uh, plan of Saudi Arabia and the U.S. to uh, hurt our enemies uh, by tanking the price of oil, meaning Venezuela, Russia, Iran. Alex, but, can I jump in here a second? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to I want to cover a couple things real quick, and then I want to kind of put you on a, on a certain direction, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. I've been taking I've been jotting notes as we've been going along here. Um. I'll come to that one last. Let's see. Eavesdropping. We're talking about people being able to eavesdrop, turn your phone into a listening device. People don't realize this, but Facebook can turn your computer into a listening device on Facebook Messenger. And about three weeks ago, we tested this on one of our programs. I, out of the blue, started talking about a CPAP machine. Okay, it's not something I would talk about. It's just not. Happened to come up, right. Well, about three days ago, or three days after this discussion, I began to get CPAP ads on Facebook. And you hadn't actually typed anything into the computer? No, sir. Well, then, on my cable box, I have Comcast, and I've got a voice-activated remote, and they put ads on there. When your screensaver comes on, you get ads. Well, I also got the CPAP ads. So... uh, yeah, well, well, uh, yeah, well uh, before you finish your thought, I'll just interject one thing, which is uh, Elon Musk, uh, who uh, has uh, SpaceX, Tesla, SolarCity, very smart guy, he said that the number thing we need to worry about is artificial intelligence. And um, this is, you know, I run Internet. I've been doing this uh, for 20 years now. Before that, I was heavily in computers since 1983. I, the, the Internet of Things, where everything we have can be accessed through uh, the network, if it ever fell into the wrong hands, it means that literally your car and your refrigerator and your television uh, could be used against you. Obviously, the car is the only one that can physically do anything to you, but the nightmare potential is very great. And I'm really, uh, I've met a lot of people lately saying, hey, let's cash in on this Internet of Things, which is fine with me. You know, everybody should be able to make a buck. But this stuff is very frightening. If it, uh, It's bad that the government controls it or these uh, shadowy figures that are, like I said, there's this plausible deniability and compartmentalization. So it may not be the politician that you love or hate who actually made the order. It may be uh, somebody way down the line who thinks they're supporting their good cause. And uh, But anyway, continue. Okay. And I've heard you mention democracy about five times. And this is one of my things. But a democracy is a majority rule vote. And we're a representative republic. Now, some people would argue that there's not a lot of difference between the two. 
But well, we have one know. person, one vote, but we have representatives. Yeah. And we're yeah. not one country, really. We're 50 states. That's where I yeah. agree with you. We're 50 states. Each state should have one person, one vote. But we made a deal, uh, and the deal isn't exactly line up with the population. And the deal... Right. Well, uh, to... Go ahead. Well, the original concept, and this is actually going to bring me to my next three points, and that is the original concept of having the two chambers in Congress nationally was the House of Representatives was to represent the people, and then the Senate was to represent the states, because it was not the people that used to rep that used to elect senators; it was state legislatures. That's right. That's right. That elected the Senate, and it was to represent both interests of the state and of the people. And me personally, I'd like to see it go back to that. Then we come into voter laws. And but I heard but we should allow every state to make up their own mind. I don't. I would agree with you. I'm a, I, uh, as a person who's more aligned towards progressive than libertarian, but I got both. I'm both libertarian and progressive. I think we should allow people to do what they want. And so if you want to have a uh, you know, co-op-based system in Berkeley, and you've got a private school-based system in Dallas. Let different states experiment. Let's see who does better. Let's copy what works. Uh, so, uh, I am a state rights guy, so I happen to agree with that. Um, now, voter laws. California, being that you're in California, you will have seen this, but California fights voter ID laws like the plague. And being in Tennessee, we have a set of voter ID laws here. And the voter ID laws here simply state that when you show up to vote, you must have a picture ID. Now, there I have never seen anybody fight voter laws as hard as I saw Virginia fight them. In states in 2012, in states that fought voter ID laws, Barack Obama won those states by heavy margins in some areas, carrying more votes than was in the district. Now, right, right. So, so what we, we've uh, we, we agree that every U.S. citizen should have the easiest time voting possible, and uh, the, but the question is, how do you authenticate that person? So, um, the because I think court ruled in their case of Miranda when the Miranda rights came. The Supreme Court ruled that every individual in the United States must have on them at all times a picture identification and must present it to law enforcement upon request. Now, why does that tie into voters? Simple. If you're obeying the law and you have an identification, because you can't do a lot of things in this country without an ID, no matter your age. My grandmother was 93 when she passed away, and she had an ID card, and we did play getting her one when she finally had to have one in the 80s. But my, I guess my point being is that I don't see it as being very complicated. Now, they are trying to go to that universal ID, but I don't see it happening in the next little bit because a universal ID would basically take away states' rights, and I just I don't see states giving that up. Right, right. Well, the, the thing is we are getting locked down. And, uh, uh, and you know, where, where I work, 
I have uh, I have a lot of uh, military guys that I ha- that are working at my company. So uh, I have maximum respect for our, our you know our, our servicemen. But we have a thievery going on right now with the military industrial complex. Uh, we have. Uh, you know, almost two trillion dollars going into corrections, police, and the military, and that money could be spent. Uh, you could keep people could keep their right now. The the the, the Pentagon and the associated agencies consume eighty percent of individual income tax receipts. So how is it financed by debt? So basically, the debt this year six hundred billion dollars is roughly equivalent to the military budget. So we're putting this incredibly expensive program, which I would argue we could go to China, we could go to Russia, we could go to Iran and say, let's all have a 20% cut. That that was a kind of talk in the 1920s, which was arms reduction. We scuttled ships, the British scuttled ships, the Germans scuttled ships. Maybe it wasn't a very good balance. Of course, we had World War II, but if you all reduce, then you can use that money to create things of real value. And uh, the 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 the, uh, the problem is this trillion dollars we give to the military industrial complex. It's not just used to pay soldiers' salaries and to uh, allow the pen, uh, the contractors to make a lot of money. It's used to invent things like these things that are. I mean, we have a combination. We have private companies that love your data, love listening to you, and there's some laws like what you're talking about with Messenger is probably illegal. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm certain it's illegal for a device to record you without your consent or application. But uh, uh, this, uh, um, there is a uh, you know a prison. The potent, there's a lot of danger right now. And, and uh, according to the guy I talked to in the CIA, the biggest danger is the lack of a free press. But these wedge issues, like you, you, you don't, you think people should have their act together enough to have an ID. Um, but other people would say that the poor have a lot of trouble getting IDs for whatever reason. Uh, and, and, we, and we live in a country that has an enormous incarcerated population. Um, and uh, my, my dad, you know, he's, he's a, a former history professor, and he says, well, you know, we're, America really likes law and order. And, uh, but I just don't – I think it's a business. I mean, we, we have – Ten times more prisoner per person than uh, England or Germany. Right. Uh, so, and you and you can imagine the kind of culture it creates. Like uh, they used to call it the school to prison pipeline. Uh, maybe they still do. So, if if you've got people living uh, here, we are the richest country in the world, uh, uh, and we have poverty and people. So these are wedge issues. And the, the problem is if, if, the, if the progressives, if people that are, want fairness on the left and the, the conservatives, small government conservatives, uh, uh, libertarians on the right, who want fairness, they have different definitions of fairness. The libertarian definition of fairness is, you know, create a level playing field. But the problem is that they never really deal with monopoly. And this country is being cartelized. So basically you've got five big companies in every industry. And uh, uh, you look at how the laws are made for your retirement money. Your retirement money can only go into, really, into publicly traded companies. So why can't that money be used to fund small business and startups? I mean, uh, it, it, legally it can, but the, the whole system is built towards big. And, um, 
and it gets hard for individual people to be able to influence anything, you know, like this issue with uh, we had Walmart. Walmart took out everybody's local hardware store and brought lower prices. We have the deindustrialization of the country, which, you know, Donald Trump ran about and uh, 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 where everything's made by slave labor, you know, in China initially. Uh, and uh, so there's, there's we got to somehow come together without like uh, fighting over. Uh, I mean, there's there's we're going to part ways at a point and maybe by walking together, we'll influence each other for a while. But we got to walk together to restore the ability of the citizens to choose their leaders, whether you call it a republic or a democracy, it's not a monarchy. Nobody wants us to have a government where we don't get to have a voice in it. So I agree. And, that's, yeah. and if you have, if, if the media is, is, is being seeded by certain powerful forces and then it's being pumped across the entire media landscape, people can't make good decisions because if it's just a, you know I'm a computer uh, scientist and if you put in a you know a false inputs into a machine it's going to put give you false outputs I mean anybody can tell that so um, but uh, okay uh, yeah uh, I apologize all right let's come back around to the deep state issue and let's bring it to January twentieth two thousand seventeen because I work in politics. And well, excuse me, worked in politics, and I see more evidence of the deep state since January, and a concentrated effort to undermine this presidency. Okay, than I've seen in a long time. Is that because Trump is not part of the oligarchy, and is it because? Well, from appearances, he tends to be independent and can fund his own way. I mean, I don't. You know, what do you? Well, see? We, we, what we, we, we know, right. Well, we know that the Clinton side of this um, has gone. Uh, they were uh, so upset about losing the election that they're still essentially fighting it. And um, uh, so we know that we, the Clinton side is doing everything they can to obstruct. And uh, let's just be fair mind about it and say, well, okay, fine, they're uh, sour grapes or uh, whatnot, uh, let them rage. But the, uh, the the key issue with Trump is that he didn't want to, he ran on a, he said at his victory speech or the day after, he said, we've really got to end these wars once and for all. Um, and, you know, above and beyond the, the numbers we hear about wounded or killed, 3,000 here, 5,000 there, that if you're in a war and you realize that the war is just bogus when you're overseas and you witness violence, that will mess with your head. So I would be willing to bet that there are three to ten people that may kill themselves or uh, become alcoholic because they don't know how to cope with what they saw because they went to fight for their country and they found out it's not so simple when they got over there. Uh, so, uh, so as far as uh, uh, you know, Trump said, Let, "We're going to end these wars. We really need to end these wars once and for all." And that was the silver lining for all of us progressives who are open-minded. Was we have a kind of somebody with a little bit of Ron Paul in them, um, and uh, so it really comes down to the conflict with Russia. Uh, as far as I can tell, is that they want to. 
uh, and why. So Russia stood by in 2011 when we invaded Libya. And um, they did not block us in the Security Council. And, and, and uh, supposedly, Vladimir Putin watched the killing of Gaddafi, which is not a fun video to watch, uh, unless you really hate Gaddafi. Uh, uh, he watched it three times. And, and you know, the Lockerbie story, uh, uh, there's a lot of evidence that Libya was not, they, they may have ordered Lockerbie, it might, but that was in the 80s. But there's a lot of evidence that Gaddafi and Libya were not responsible for Lockerbie uh, because there was a break-in at the Heathrow airport. And so that would have invalidated the whole story. It's a, that's a fact. I and mean, there's a lot of problems. Uh, and I think there's a, a website called Lockerbie Truth, and obviously verify everything. But uh, he didn't want to do so. So then uh, what happened was that Russia uh, stood up for Syria. Um, and uh, so Russia, uh, uh, we weren't really at war with Russia in Libya because they let Libya turn into a jihadist Disneyland, thanks to Clinton and Obama and all the hawks. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. Nobody has the guts to stand up and really say, "Are we? Do we understand Libya?" You know, Libya had, you know, universal health care and uh, had uh, had, and we had said to Libya, "You give up your nuclear program and your weapons of mass destruction, and you will uh, be re rejoin the family of nations." And we uh, and 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 this is what North Korea is saying. We will never give up our nukes because we saw what you did with Libya. You said you would treat them better when they gave up their nuclear program, and then instead they became defenseless. So well, that's two, uh, that was two different presidents that did that. He gave up the uranium and the nukes to President Bush, and it was President right. Obama that went after. We well, yeah, which is all of irony. Ideology. Right to hire uh, African. To bomb Africa, you know, um, but that's just a personal irony, you know. Uh, but so in Syria, Russia became very inconvenient for the hawks, uh, if I can call them that. Maybe you want to use a different word. Um, no, you're fine. You know, uh, that you've got the uh, you've got what are called the liberal interventionist hawks, and then you've got the neocon hawks, and uh, uh, so. Uh, really, no one resists us at this point in the world, and that's uh, turning into kind of uh, perversely a danger, uh, because essentially, the question is, what's the game plan of the deep state? The game plan seems to be that every country needs to be open for international corporations. Um, and so, like uh, Libya, Syria, and Iraq, all... Uh, uh, we're, we're not really playing the game with the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Uh, so, uh, and Gaddafi tried to avoid that. He had like uh, $200 billion in reserves, and he took an IMF loan just so he'd be in the club. Uh, so uh, so it, Syria is where uh, Russia really infuriated the planners of our policy. And so you can imagine somewhere there's a room, uh, it's really computers, and Every country has a score of what, how much has the penetration of the corporations been, of the government, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely a plan to conquer the world. And the Armageddon point is with China. Um, and, um, and, you know, uh, uh, but they don't have to, uh, you know, directly confront China right now. But uh, it, it, to me, it seems a little bit like madness. But in terms of why is the deep state so actively trying to undermine Trump, uh, the only... 
reason I can think of was uh, uh, was uh, they to continue to wage these wars. Um, but I may be wrong. I mean, uh, I tried to ask around a little bit before you invited me on your program uh, because I did work on the analysis of the uh, of the DNC leaks or hacks. I believe they're leaks personally. Um, they're leaks. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. So it looks like it was, and you know, I believe it probably. Uh, Cy Hirsch is on tape saying Seth Rich was in touch with WikiLeaks. Uh, Craig Murray, former UK ambassador, stated, "I met someone in uh, the Washington area who handed me the uh, thumb drive, and this person was a disaffected DNC person." Um, oh. And Cra- Craig Murray is a credible guy uh, right. overall, but they but they got some dirt on him. They accused him of being, you know, into. Uh, some kind of uh, maybe hookers, I don't know, and, and alcohol. Well, and, you you know, they do this. Uh, they did this to Tom Drake, who I think was at the NSA. You know, and then uh, uh, they, they uh, and then, uh, no, 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 I think it was Scott Ritter. Scott Ritter uh, was a UN, uh, I mean, who was a weapons inspector and also I think he's lieutenant colonel. And he got entrapped a couple of times on chat boards with underage girls, uh, uh, and uh, so, you know, there's a lot of tricks, and that seems to be w- the usual method lately is to, to destroy people's reputations. Right, because you and have they set them all, they're set up. That's what I believe. I, I mean, it's a terrible thing what they did to Scott Ritter, but I well, mean, it, clearly it, no... Go ahead. I was just going to say it goes a lot deeper than just government. It's in the music industry. Um, it's It's all over the place. But I will tell you that we need to... We need to be wrapping up. So, um, can would you mind to come back again on one of our regularly scheduled episodes and maybe do a a full Q and A period? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you know, I might get a couple of people uh, that I can turn to uh, to get uh, be able to uh, deliver you the goods. Because uh, uh, we'd along like to with go me. a little deeper. We'd like to go deeper into this. We just scratched the surface of where we want to go with this. And so, if we could, if we could schedule you, if you'll message me on Facebook, of what Tuesday would be good for you, we can do it Tuesday on Ragtag, or you can do it Friday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific on uh, my personal program. So, hey, any time, I'll do. I'll, uh, you know, that we've got to stop uh, this tyranny. Uh, so. Uh, you know, unless you would completely exhaust me, I will help you any way I can. Well, we we agree we agree on that. Obviously, politically speaking, we're probably on two separate spectrums in some areas, which is okay. Um, but is there anybody on here that has a quick question for Alex before we end the call? Barbara, you can go ahead and unmute. Um, um, go ahead, Barb. I was going to say, do you think there is this a, a coup to try to take President Trump out of office? Well, it's certainly uh, to cripple him uh, so that he can't uh, be effective. And um, and the big concern is what's the best way for a president to um, get a lot of love from the the 
power structures in the U.S., and it's to wage war, apparently. It's really frightful to murder people based on lies. So uh, uh, I think the coup personally occurred with the killing of Kennedy and that we really have not had Absolutely. real c- civilian <laughs> government since. Um, and, uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, and the problem was that we allowed an amoral system to get established because anything is defensible in the fight against communism. And after Stalin, I would understand that. I mean, it was uh, horrific what happened. Uh, But uh, uh, we should have changed those rules when detente got established, when we learned to coexist, where we weren't messing with each other as much in the third world, and we, and then when the Russia Russia offered to join NATO at one point, they were brushed off. I mean, we treat people bad when we don't need them, um, and I know the feeling as a boss is it's you know sometimes I don't take care of a given person enough because they're not important to me right now. But then when I need something from them, suddenly I'm inquiring about their personal life. And then I feel guilty that why don't I always take good care of people. But, you know, you, you can see that uh, when when they don't need you, uh, they just walk all over you. All right. Yeah. Any other questions? No, just um. comments. All right, Jill, do me a favor and let's get the let's get a couple of questions out of the way so I can end the recording and then you can make the comments. That's fine, sir. After the recording. Any questions? Okay, can I can I go? Can I go? Uh this is Hammy and uh we recently come up, come upon um a documentary called Killing Ed and it focuses on a turkey pastor. So when you spoke about turkey at the top of the hour, it kind of piqued my interest because I believe this man is um, <laughs> our, comp- our our tax dollars. Our country is paying this man for a silent coup. He has 28 states that he has uh, charter schools in, and he was one of the ones that was involved in the. Try- they tried to overthrow the government in Turkey about this time last year. Uh, and his last name is Gulen. I can't pronounce his first name. I don't remember it. Fethullah uh, like Gulen. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. I have a I have a good friend, uh, couple, one of whom works for me, who are the uh, Turks that are uh, basically secular. They support the original uh, Turkish uh, revolution with Kamal Ataturk. They're, they're called Kamalists, and they told me at one point they were getting. He's sort of their, uh, you know, George Washington, because uh, the Ottoman Empire was mauled after World War One much more savagely than the Austro-Hungarian. Well, the Austrian-Hungarians took it in the gut too, uh, but uh, they they took more than half of the land away from them. So he had to uh, start all over and get rid of Orientalism was basically, and so. Uh, uh, yeah, Fethullah Gulen uh, uh, originally started the schools in Central Asia, and he made a deal with the CIA um, where uh, they would work with each other. Um, what that deal involves were some of the uh, uh, people that are extremists involved. There's a, there probably there were uh, extremists uh, involved. Um, and I, I talked about Fethullah Gulen a lot with this uh, this coworker of mine who's from Turkey, um, and uh, Erdogan and Gulen were allies originally, um, but it is quite mm-hmm. incredible you know that we. 
You know he lives here in the States. Yes, uh, he lives somewhere around Virginia. Uh, I think he lives pretty close. Oh, Pennsylvania. Right, right, yeah. Well, he, uh, yeah, the, the Turks want him back uh, because uh, what happened was they were passing laws that would have basically um, destroyed the power of the Gulenists in, in Turkey. And so the, the writing was on the wall that if they didn't act, they were going to lose all their power. Um, so it's sort of like a secret society. It's a really interesting organization. It has hundreds of thousands of people involved, and on the exterior, they're you know devout people, moral people, um, but there's a, a lot of power and influence uh, going on. And uh, and there's an attack on the democratic uh, underpinnings of Turkey. Both Gulen and Erdogan want to eliminate a secular state and replace it with. I hate to use the word Islamic State, um, but they want to replace it with a state that's more uh, Islamic. Yes. So, all right. And, okay, interesting. And on that note, we're going to end for the evening. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Alex, I want to thank you for coming on, and we look forward to having you again. For those of you that uh, called us in the middle or late thinking it's today Tuesday, no, it is not. We... Uh, we it's my fault. I blame it on me because well it was my fault. So uh next Tuesday we'll be back on our regularly scheduled bat time and bat channel and we will have political straight talk this Friday night. So tune in there at four eight zero six three and uh ragtag at one two seven whatever it is. One four two. There you go. One two seven one four two. Remember to thank a soldier for without them. We wouldn't have our freedom. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Thank the family of soldiers, for without them, we truly wouldn't have a all-volunteer army. On behalf of Ragtag Patriots and behalf of Political Straight Talk, this is Fabian saying, have a good night, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.